I love the show starting right at 10.15. That's perfect. Perfect, I say. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the family with... Co-host, Catherine Brandt. And Andy Brandt-Bernard. What? Do I have a mic? Yes, you do. All right. Somebody turn the volume way down. That's okay. Well, well, as long as you guys can hear me, I'm fine. Yep. Well, if you can hear us, then you should be able to hear you. It sounds really... My mic sounds very quiet. Nope. Sounds Not quiet. at all. Sounds perfect. All right. Could be allergy-plugged ears. <laughs> could, could be. be. Yeah, I Could suppose. be, because I've <clears> been having <throat> problems. <clears throat> so we were talking about insurance companies leaving California last week when Kristen yep, was on? I remember. A listener, which I don't know how to close windows and get the email up from, I don't know, maybe Andy you can do it. Just open a new tab. That should be fine. I have no idea how to do Windows. I'm a Mac person. Well, did they send it into the... Um... It was on whatever I go into to get the StreamYard up. Oh, yeah, I should be able to... A listener said that it's because hmm. um, insurance companies' premiums have been suppressed since 1988 because of a proposition that California passed. Ah. Uh. So that must have expired or something, or they can't raise premiums, so that's why they're leaving. Wait a minute, premiums on what? Insurance. Oh, insurance premiums, so they're all leaving. Well, two big <coughs> ones, Allstate and another one, have left, and I'm, I'm guessing if they can't raise rates since 1988, right, with the mudslides and the earthquakes and the wildfires and the shoplifting and all that stuff, I'm guessing that why wouldn't an insurance companies stay there so is anything all right do you think in the world i mean it's just <laughs> my god everything is everybody's I, angry at one another and then you see you hear about this deal in syracuse where 13 people including 10 girls had the piss beat out of them why shoot shooting guns at i don't know just a bunch of people got together and all of a sudden there were fist fights and guns ablazing and knives and the whole deal. yeah i guess in dinky town every weekend <laughs> it's just a brawl in the streets that's what i hear that's just america thank you yep that's what people voted for it's what they wanted but i, I want to know syracuse voted for this why yep. bill gates is really is breeding mosquitoes <laughs> what? is that a true story that bill gates is Breeding mosquitoes and has let a bunch of them out into the wild. And why is he doing that? I would like to know. Apparently he is breeding aphids. He's not breeding mosquitoes. No. Why is he breeding aphids which kill crops? Uh, let's see. That's a good question. Are you sure it's not mosquitoes? I don't know. I guess you can't believe everything on social media, that's for sure. Yeah, he did release a bunch of bugs, but they are aphids, but... Yeah, I and don't those, know why aphids are bad. They would do that. Okay. Well, this article is just rambles on. He's Let's crazy. Find a better one. Oh, he's nuts. I mean, that's the biggest problem. Like, he's one of the worst human beings ever born. Actually. Well, he's got some sort of <clears throat> mad scientist power trip thing going on. Oh, he on. definitely that's does. For sure. You're definitely right about that. But I don't know. He's a company just released 150,000 genetically modified mosquitoes. They have been working on. I think what they're doing is they're releasing sterile mosquitoes so that they'll try to breed and then fail and then fewer mosquitoes. Oh, okay. I have heard about that plan. Because nothing's gone wrong with killer bees and <laughs> other stuff that they have tried to mess with. Oh, it's a biotech firm funded by Bill Gates. So. Mm. 
Yeah, it's called Oxitec, O-X-I-T-E-C, to release hundreds of millions of gene-altered mosquitoes in Florida in order to test an experimental new form of population control. Of mosquitoes. Well, I don't know. It doesn't say that. <laughs> it doesn't say that <laughs> it doesn't part. doesn't say that specifically. <clears throat> yeah, great. I... They were, yeah, the initial batch was released this week. Anything that kills mosquitoes, I'm in favor of. But, like I said. No matter how catastrophic it gets, a world without mosquitoes is worth it. (laughs) Oh, the the Mm. world collapses. Salt the earth as long as I don't have to live around mosquitoes. I do hate mosquitoes. Yeah, they're pretty much the worst things in the world. You know what amazed me about Bill Gates? What? The idea to start his company wasn't even his idea. He took somebody else's idea and developed it. Well, he put um, Mac OS on uh, IBM computers, basically. Right. So it wasn't even his idea. I mean, it depends on how you look at it. Yeah, I suppose. But, I mean, he did nothing really all that important. He's a multi, multi, multi multi-billionaire. No, anyone could have done what he did. Anyone could have done what he did. He just did it first. And that's the thing about a lot of these uh, dot-com boom millionaires is that the reason they're millionaires isn't because they're smart or because they did anything special. It's because they were first. Yep. Yeah. If you had any ability to use a computer in the 90s, you could have easily made a million dollars. I had Zero some ability, effort. and I didn't, didn't think that far I ahead. mean, like, programming ability or that sort oh, of thing. I had yeah. none of that. If you could program at all, it was easy money. Huh. Those days are gone, though. Those days are long gone, yeah. Do you think because he didn't come up with the idea himself, he just took somebody else's idea and used it, that he's trying to prove to the world that he has good ideas, too? Is that what he's trying to do? Maybe. Well, I just think when you have how many hundreds of billions of dollars that you... you got to do something with it. Just everybody's coming to you with the next mm-hmm. savior of the universe idea. Yep. And he'd like to be the savior of the universe because, yep. I mean, who wouldn't want to be the savior of the mm-hmm. universe if you could be? And it just had all you had to do is throw money at something because you got so much of it. I mean, he could directly fund, you know, education and feeding poor children and right. lifting people up from <clears throat> poverty things, but that isn't nearly as glamorous no. as eradicating biting mosquitoes. Well, I mean, they're having a, because I was just looking through the Wall Street Journal about this the whole deal. And basically, once again, when you didn't come up with the idea yourself, you have to prove to your to yourself and then everybody else that you are, you deserve all the money you have. Well, that's that, <clears throat> that uh, cognitive dissonance thing that I it told is, you. It is, yeah, it what's, is, absolutely. What's it called again? Dunning? Dunning-Kruger effect? Oh, Dunning-Kruger, yeah. Dunning-Kruger yeah. effect. That's kind of related. It's very related. That's, that says that um, your confidence in your own abilities is inversely correlated with your actual abilities, exactly. basically. Yeah. <clears throat> if you know a little, you think you know a lot. And if yes. you know a lot, you think you know a little. Yeah, and look at what has happened since social media hit. Oh, yeah, That's everyone's exactly an expert on everything. Happened. Yeah, everybody. That is true. Everybody yep. knows everything that about everything. That is the Dunning-Kruger effect. Yeah. In full force. Because they watch or they follow some celebrity who they think has mm-hmm. access to magical information. I know. It's like people are like, oh, did you see what Ariana Grande said about It's like, <laughs> I know. Who, why would you think that she knows yeah. anything about anything? Because but she's got She's access. a celebrity. So, yeah, yeah they've got to be yeah. smarter than us. They're better than us. Yeah, I'm sure the Pentagon calls them and yep. asks their advice. I yeah. know. Mm-hmm. 
That's what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole, yeah, so Ali, well, who is it? Ariana Grande? That's who it is? She's <laughs> well, a genius, anybody. by the way. She, any of the any celebrities of, of the month, yeah. Well, I suppose that's true. Especially the ones that are super political and are constantly just ridiculous. <laughs> My favorite one was um, Alyssa Milano. She was like super into oh, the whole yeah. COVID lockdowns. And yes. Mask up and vax up and all that. My favorite was a picture of her wearing a knitted COVID mask. <laughs> oh, God. You could see through. The weave was oh. loose enough that you could see through it. It was probably oh. like a pencil size weave. <laughs> And it just goes to show that they don't even know what they're saying. They don't know what a mask is. No, they don't. They think it's a magic talisman that you put over your mouth that blocks evil spirits, basically. Apparently, (laughs) even though it's just been completely disproven that masks work and that wearing even an N95 mask, which does work, is harmful to your health if you wear it for more than an hour. Uh, Yeah, surgeons, I believe, are told to change their masks every 90 minutes. Yeah. To prevent bacterial growth and yeah. stuff, but Nobody's retailers, they were wearing those masks eight hours straight. Absolutely. Never told to change them. Yeah. God. Yep. And, <clears throat> yeah, and second graders are supposed to be wearing them, you know, how s- they're just like booger factories. Yeah, so you cannot Alex stop. walks in and hears booger factory. <laughs> First well, word, are. booger factory. That's true. Two-year-olds are booger factories. You I'm cannot sorry. stop a two-year-old from getting sick or getting people sick. No. It's like no. you can have them wear a mask 24 hours a day. They're still mm-hmm. going to be like, you know, wiping their eyes and touching doorknobs. And, yeah. And lifting up their mask and wiping their nose on yeah, their hands. Yeah, exactly. That's just it doesn't what do they're going to do. So, but um, I guess Biden just started up masking and social distancing again. Why? I don't know. Well, there's no reason for it. Because they just can't let this go. Apparently someone was very deaf in that spot. Oh, my gosh. Who Nobody, had these on know. on Thursday or Friday? I don't know who would be sitting there. Jeez. That was <coughs> oh, that like might have been, um, well, no. Well, it might have been the guy that Doug had in. No, but he was sitting over there. Yeah, but he had one of those on for some reason. Oh, he did? Okay. Why. Oh, yeah, because that was yowza. He's Last a good man. Day. That's all I know. Yet <clears throat> here, but Yeah, the Biden him. administration... Is trying to bring back mask mandates. This was in January, though. They, no, uh, they, he just did it. I guess like a few days ago. He just did the. He wants no to, longer. I know. Uh, uh, well, they're starting it up again in the White House anyway. For why? It's Probably because he's a thousand season. years old and can't risk getting that? sick or something. Probably. A thousand years well, old. What's the thing is the average age in Congress is like sixty something. So, of course, they're going to be overreacting yeah. to things like this because – and also, they're not healthy 60-year-olds either. Well, they were chain-smoking their entire right, lives. Right. Oh, their job involves sitting in a chair, doing nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, if factor? you – That's Andy's pick, assessment of our politicians. Well, it's true. Pick a <laughs> random congressman, and it's going to be an unhealthy old person. So when something like a pandemic hits, they're going to freak out and start writing a bunch of laws that say you're not allowed to touch us. Yeah, they usually don't see super. No, and what's interesting is we didn't lose no. any politicians, right? During I don't think a COVID. single one. No, not one of them fell, even though we were all going to die. Yeah. I saw someone on TV last night. They claimed that even though we only have, what is it, two or three percent of the world's population in America? Really? Uh, all right, in the world, I mean. 
Yeah, that's probably about right. Three hundred fifty million out of eight. I think it's an eight and a half billion. Or at eight point two. Uh, like we that. are four percent of the world's population. Four <clears> percent <throat> of the world's population. That's astonishing. I know. <clears throat> if Isn't you it? look at traffic as any <laughs> indicator. Well, China and India are both Russia. one eighth each. One eighth each. I can't. Well, I was in India, I, but I luckily was. I stayed out of the gigantic like Mumbai. I guess. God, I would. Die if I went there. Yeah. I would just die. It's like the state fair on your busiest yep. day every mm-hmm. moment of your life. 24 hours a day. Yeah. Oh, I, I do not know how people fun. live like that. I guess okay. you get used to it. So let me run this yes. by you. What I was trying to get to there was the fact that we are 4% of the world's population, and they're trying to claim that 20% of the people who died on Earth from COVID were American. I know. No way. It's, That's what? not even close to true. Did we have the most <clears throat> geriatric population? Well, we do have, we're up there. Well, that'd and be also one, yeah. bad health But yeah, they are saying there's 7 million COVID deaths in the entire world. And they're saying that we are over a million of that. You know what? I kind of think that likely. that might be true because like in Africa, they barely, they didn't do any, hardly any lockdowns or mask wearing or anything. But they also take, I guess, ivermectin and whatever the other one oh, yeah. is for malaria a lot. Mm. So does South America, so does Central America. There's also a very <laughs> strong theory that I'm a proponent of that the vast majority of COVID deaths were actually respirator involved, yes. not COVID. Yes. yes. They were putting so people too. on respirators who didn't need to be on respirators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And respirators are actually fairly dangerous. Well, that's why all those younger people at the beginning were dying, because they were putting them on respirators yeah, right, right away. away. They come in and they'd be yeah. like, you're on a respirator. They, yeah, then they get mm-hmm. pneumonia. Yeah, yeah, you can get a bacterial infection yep. from it. Um, you can have a lung rupture. You can have a lot of bad things happen if you don't sure need can. to be on a respirator. Well, a friend of mine, I will tell you, he... Um, oh, God, now I lost my train of thought, because Ali said he's coming on in a couple of minutes, but <clears throat> what the hell was I just going to say that Oh, a friend of mine's sister, the guy, the guy died in a motorcycle accident. Yes. And his sister got a hold of me and uh, sent me a picture of his death certificate. Said he died of COVID. He died in a motorcycle well, accident. There was a lot of that, too, because there was a lot of funding to any medical establishment <clears throat> oh, yeah. oh, that was yeah. playing ball. Mm. Yep. A lot of that was, it yeah. was not COVID. They, they, it was to make money again. You have to understand, in the world, everything is about making money. It sure is. Unfortunately. We have our guest on the line. Ali Sadiq with us, ladies and gentlemen. His new stand-up special, The Domino Effect Part 2, released uh, via YouTube on Sunday, June 4th, just about a week ago, as a matter of fact. Ali, how are you doing? I I am doing well. Mr. Bernard, have I sat in with you before in the show in Minneapolis? Yes, you have, and we were looking for you. you Weren't you just in Minneapolis? No, I haven't been to Minneapolis in like maybe three years. Oh, you got to get here, Ali. Yes, I remember coming to your studio. You have a wonderful studio and a wonderful family. We do. <laughs> well, thank you. They're all here today, Ali. The whole family's here today. Yeah, he we heard on, you were coming um, in. I actually, no. Let's see. It was January 19th, 2018. Oh, my God. Five it's years ago? over it's five years. Yeah. Three, Ali. five years, you know. Ali. It's been five. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's nice you to remember us after five years. I was going to say, good memory. I, yeah. I, I miss you guys. The, the, the round table. You've been at the round table with the dogs and everything. Like, the dog is still here. Yep, the dog's, dog's still, still there. here. 
<laughs> June's sleeping in the corner. Ali, Some things never change. Yeah. We cannot wait to have you back in the studio. That'd be wonderful to see you. I did not. I thought it was a couple of years ago, but it's five years ago. My God. It's been five years. Yes. And, and, and the, the great thing about this, this this interview, everybody looks the same. Whatever you look like five years ago. <laughs> changed it all. That is the best part of it. So are you scheduled to be coming to town to make an appearance at all? Um, not at this time. I'm thinking that we, I'm going to be there in 2024. We're scheduling a, um, a theater tour. Oh, so nice. I think we'll be coming to Minneapolis doing a theater. I think Rick Bronson, I know what happened. Rick Bronson's um, comedy club in, in, in the in Mall of America, I changed and, and started riding a different way, and we, didn't have, we haven't been able to get the schedules together yet. Oh. Well, we got to get it together. We got to get it together because I'd love to see you in studio again. We had a lot of fun, as a matter of fact. Well, not that we will take credit for your career taking off, but it seems like we should get credit for your career taking off <laughs> since being on the show. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, everybody got to get their portion of their credit. You know, my mom, her, my, my, my mom, like, hey, you do know if you win uh, uh, an award. You should. It should be. It should be a duel. It should be me and you. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm like, how do you figure that? Well, how would you get here if it wasn't? How are you going back to the birth thing? Like, are you really going? To... <laughs> yes. Yes, she is. For the rest of her life, she and will she go back to that. the birth thing. <laughs> and, and it's and it's weird when I say that to her. Are you going back to the birth thing? God. Look what else she had to put up with you. Come on. Oh, man. I was a handful, too. <laughs> Not like, you. Like, you, know how, you know how some people are like, nah, I wasn't that bad. No, I was a whole, I was both handful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My, my, my mom is only 4'11". I don't even know how she even dealt with everything I put in her pocket. Because I was so, like, I was on my, like, I don't know what was going on, man. Like, what was my deal? <laughs> like, like, I'm honest enough to tell my mom, look, I apologize. It's no, it was crazy. It's, she, she, um, she gets me back for everything I've ever did to her as a, as a child with <laughs> just asking for stuff. Like, I, I'm about to buy a $3,000 sprinkler system because I broke a lamp in, in, in 76. This <laughs> is crazy. Hey, remember that lamp, that, that very expensive antique lamp that you broke? Yeah, the the one that, that was passed down from, like, the thrift store that you bought it in? <laughs> it was very sentimental, and I think that you should buy me a sprinkler system for that lamp. Like, yes, yes. I'm going to do this with my and I And I just did it, man. It's like all the all the stuff I put up with you. Are you going back to the birth thing again? <laughs> well, you can't blame yeah. me. I uh, can't blame her, man. No, I gotta read something. I gotta read something here, Ali, from 2014. Okay. Uh, Ali impressed comedy enthusiasts by displaying his ability to captivate an audience with Mexicans got on boots. What? I gotta hear about Mexicans got on boots. Can you still do that? Um, I actually, I did that story, and you said that was in 2014? That's what it says here, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ain't, that, ain't that something? So in 2014, I did, um, I think it came out in 15, though. I did, um, it's called a prison ride, actually. 
and it was on Comedy Central. It was, this is not happening. And I did a story about me being incarcerated on this unit and this guy telling me that, hey, you know Mexicans got on boots. And I didn't know what that meant. Because I'm, I'm just now getting to prison. I don't, I don't know all the prison. They don't give you a handbook of prison vernacular. So, like, <laughs> okay. hey, this, this means this. And I, like, so um, I, I found out <laughs> from this other guy, when I, and my actual celly, who was Mexican, I said, hey, um, they keep saying that Mexican got on boots. What is what is that what does that mean? He's like, Oh, it's gonna be a riot. I'm like, Oh okay. What, okay. And he said, Yeah, it's, Mexicans gonna stab up a, a bunch of black dudes. And I was like <laughs> Why? Uh, <laughs> no um, reason. <laughs> I'm like, does the does the riot happen in here? Because you're clearly Mexican and and I'm, <laughs> and, I'm and, and I'm black, like but, does it start in here? Because I'm like, we've been in here kicking it. You know what I mean? He's like, hey, man, you know, you, you got to stick with your own people. I was like, you would stab me? He's like, yes. If you, yes, if you're on the rick yard. Like, yeah, if you're on the rick yard. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabanco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. So that's that's the story. It's, it's, it's about 13, 14 million views on that particular story. Wow! Um, and it, it was a pretty good it was a pretty good launching tab. The only thing is that people like I had been doing stand up for like seventeen years at that point, and people was like, "Oh, he's a prison act." I'm like, 
<laughs> no, I told one story. Like, like, like uh, so does the two thousand being the season finale on Def Jam in two thousand eight. Does that count for anything? Like, 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 does that count? Like, no. Okay. Right. What have you done um, for me lately? That's how the world is. Uh, yeah, ain't that something? <laughs> like, what have you? What have you done? Like, like Gilligan has always been popular. I've never known Gilligan. Not to be popular when he was alive, like, right? Like, right. And, and for and for and for decades it wasn't on. But I I I remember going to a mall one time and they, I'm like, what is this line for? And it's like, oh, Gilligan is doing autographs. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm like, Gilligan? It's in a wheelchair. And, then, and I was like, and I and I got in the line. I was like, yeah. I, Ooh. I was like, Ali Sadiq's new stand-up special, The Domino Effect Part 2. What's that all about, Ali? Oh, it's a, a true sequel from Domino Effect 1. I went, Domino Effect 1, I went from 10 to 15. And so now in 2, I'm going from 16 to 19. You know, everything that happened to me mm-hmm. within, those, within those years, which, you know, is a roller coaster ride, which is a very fun ride, um... If you just get your popcorn and get you some tissue and and sit down with it, because it's going to be it's, it's it's everything. I, I really this is more than a comedy special, and it it's a mix between a comedy special and a one man show, like a Broadway performance, and it's a it's a roller coaster. That's that's, that's the best I can explain it. It is a roller coaster of emotions. It takes you through everything. And I think it's just a, a, a really great time, really honest time that I'm that I'm going through, and I'm I'm especially bringing some light on the topic of of loss, of losing something, and losing yourself in the course of your loss. You know, um, I go through breakups, I go through getting thrown in a trunk, losing my losing my drugs. You know, it's all type of thing. You know, losing my mind. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I lost a couple of things in there. But the, getting thrown in the trunk is like, I lost my eyebrow 
in, in here. It, it, it's, a, it's a lot of things. I lost some cheap meat. It's so many losses in here. It's like <laughs> cheek meat. Got his cheek meat. <laughs> Very big problem. Yeah. So, is that a medical term? <laughs> uh, anytime you lose cheek meat, I'm okay. <laughs> so, Ali, you're, not I... a, you're not having a good time. No, <laughs> no, sounds bad. Let me go back a little bit, if you don't mind, because I want to talk more about the domino effect part, too, but I, I got to get straight into my mind now. How long were you in prison? Six years. Six years. Oh, that's a while. But you must not have been very old when you went to prison. Oh no! I went. I went after I went nineteen. Like I, I turned Ooh. nineteen. Um, my birthday is October seventeenth. Uh, I was born in nineteen seventy three. I was in prison. I was locked up October twenty first. <laughs> like four days after I turned nineteen. Like I didn't, get, I, didn't get, I didn't get anything. I came straight from my party and blowing out a cake to prison. This is not my wish. Like, like, <laughs> Definitely not on the list. <laughs> I bet it wasn't you. I said a lot of wishes, and this was not one of Six years. So you were in prison until you're 25 years old. Yes, sir. I have a, oh. The reason I ask you that, Ali, is it, that's a great story in that you're in prison from the time you're 19 to 25 years old. You get out, and it's not like, oh, poor me. I'll never be able to make it. I was a prisoner and blah, blah. You got off your ass. Worked really hard, and look how far you've come, Ollie. That's a great story. Oh man, it, it took a while. You know, I was when I got out. You know what I was really upset about? I didn't get a chance to see Biggie or Pac in concert. I was like, <laughs> like, yes, that's like, true. But like, like, you know how how terrible it is when you miss like the first part of the '90s, and everybody thought, "Oh, this is the '90s." <laughs> like, man, I don't remember the '90s like that. Like, but yeah, so, yeah. So, so when I got, so when I got out, my whole thing was I used to listen to why so many guys had always returned. And they're like, when people were telling these stories mm-hmm. inside, I would just listen. and like, yo, so this is why and this is why. So when I got out, I had my whole thing. I started building my mental fortitude when I, when I was inside. Because I'm like, hey, man, you're going to heal some nose. You know, everything is not going to be perfect, but everything is not perfect inside of here. So that not being able to get a job and not being able to do that, that wasn't going right. to be my story. And so I went to this, this man's apparel store called Mosa. <clears throat> we shout out to Reggie Ballard that, that hired me. Um, I went in there three days in a row. to um, and, I, and I never really tell this story, but I went in there three days in a row. And he told me that he wasn't hiring so when I came back in there on a Saturday, which would be my fourth day, I skipped Friday. I came in there on a Saturday, and it was busy. It was really, really busy. And and he just looked at me and said, hey, man, I need some mock necks. I don't even think that he was so busy that he wasn't paying attention that I didn't work there. And he said he needed some mock necks. And I went to the back, and I didn't even know what a mock neck was. I asked the dude in the storage room. I'm like, yo, they need some mock necks on the, on the floor. <laughs> so when I got them, I went, I took him to him, and then I was just in the store the whole day just helping people um, without even being hired. And at the end of the day when he was doing his wrap-up, <laughs> he was like, yo, man, we killed it today. My man right here. And then he looked at me like, man, you not, you don't work here. I'm like, <laughs> I've, been, 
in here all day, man. I'm the one that got you to mock that. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he hired me on a Sunday. And I came, I filled out my application and everything. And he hired me on a Sunday. I was a top salesperson for about two two years. Nice. And I worked there and I worked in Sunglass Hut in the middle in the middle of the mouth. So I was selling men's apparel stores. I mean, men's apparel stuff. And then I worked in the kiosk and sunglass hut in the middle of the mall. So you can come get a suit for me at, at my first shift, and then you can get some shades to match your suit in my second shift when I was in sunglass It's got everybody styling. Yeah. yeah, so I, I just, I'm just a different person when it comes to somebody telling me that I can't achieve something. Or, like, I never get that officer told me, oh, well, you'll be back. I'm like, Ooh. no. I'm like, no, I won't be back. Like I, and I thought that was cliche. I thought that was something that only happened when you hear about it on a show or something. Oh, well, you'll be back. And I couldn't believe that that guy said that to me. Well, you'll be back. I'm like, not as a prisoner. Never. <laughs> yeah. Never. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so, you know, getting out and it was, it was hard. Like, life happens. Like, in prison, that's not... You, you, okay, the only thing that you worried about in prison is, you know, somebody killing you or something like that. <laughs> the only thing. Sure. It's not a big deal. The minor thing. <laughs> <laughs> Being murdered. You know, you know once, once, you, once you get past the first week, you know, you know what's going to happen. You know? <laughs> okay, somebody here can kill you. Okay, cool. So, but in, in the free society, you have to work and you have to do things. You have to be able to get along. You have to be able to you have to stop from killing somebody out here. You're not worried about somebody killing you. You just got to stop from, you know, I get, I'd be so mad at the airport. I'd be so mad in traffic. I'd be so mad at all these things. And now, being a, a, a person that was inside, I don't get mad at anything anymore. Oh. I'm like, hey, man, at least I'm not incarcerated. That, that, that's my whole thing. Right. <laughs> at least, you know, and then I'm glad I went to prison in, in America because I could have did this in China. Oh. It been a whole... It was, it have been a whole. They would have locked up four generations of my family. <laughs> That's true. Do you know how crazy it be? Your father at his job for twenty years, and all of a sudden they come pick him up. Your son has been dealing drugs, and you're the problem. And they throw him in jail too. Like that's crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> your Whoops. mom at home baking a cake. She's not seeing the goulash. <laughs> Chipping rocks with a little small hammer. You know. <laughs> Your brother was in college. Everybody was doing well, but you decided you want to be a minister to the side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Your, dog, your dog in there just barking. <laughs> what I do? Like, <laughs> Did you hear that one? Did it wake up? Robin taken you know? away. They'd shoot the dog. You're the, you're <laughs> the dog of a criminal. You're the dog of a criminal. <laughs> God, what a world! What a world! So now, how long has it been since you got since you got out of the big house? Oh, it's been 25 years. God, really? Yep, they won't let me live it down. <laughs> Still to this day? Still to this day. Like, when you incarcerated, sir, I'm like, yeah, I guess. You know, I'm, I'm more, I'm, I'm human. I'm a human. <laughs> I have to tell people, I am a human. So, yeah, 25 years. I've been out 25 years. And the reason I even ask you that is that I mean, to send a, a 19-year-old kid to prison, that's that's pretty harsh, don't you think? Well, in this system, uh, man, you, you can get 
I think people don't realize juvenile is prison, and they'll see you there at ten. Yeah, juvenile yeah. is a small is a small glimpse into where you is where you headed. And yeah, I think I could they could have did something else. They could have sent me to a work release. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could have made they could have made me go to the military. I'd I'd have dealt with that. Hey, let me go be all I can be. Apparently, I was doing well <laughs> on the streets. Right. Stop me! Until y'all interrupted me. <laughs> so, yeah. I think that it, it should be something, another, another outlet other than prison for non-violent offenders. Yeah. Well, I think they're working in that direction, aren't they? I, 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 I think, think so. so. Mm-hmm. I, well, we we did. It's not like Canada. You know, uh, we we still have millions of people locked up, and then for for like petty things. But I think if you if you're a violent criminal, then you should you should be. And I, I think before you even get to that point, what stops? They do a lot of research on everything. What stops people from being violent criminals? I'm not willing to say that it's just a natural thing, because if that's the case, then you have to let them free. You know. But, but I think that with with this system, we have a lot of money in this country that we can do something with our use other than incarcerate them. I think maybe we stop pushing the bad guy as being the, the, the thing to be. That's that that'll probably help. Like like I I'm not a person like people ask me, have I watched Snowfall or have I watched all these other drug shows? I'm like, no. I I did it, so I don't wanna watch it. Like I'm I don't wanna watch somebody else's um drug story that, that that's glorifying being a menace versus, you know, somebody saying, hey, man, this is how you can avoid those type of things. This is a type of healing. Because I, I, only, I only did it because I was just in a bad group of people because I didn't have to sell drugs. I wasn't hungry. My mom had a job. My mom has always been a successful working person. And this was just bad decisions on being outside and looking for a a, a group of I was looking for a different outlet, which I didn't need, which is sad. You know, I, I kind of wasted those six years of my life, you know, doing I should have played the harp or violin. <laughs> Play the harp. Uh, that's a good idea. <laughs> <clears throat> Playing the harp. Now, so so you're a re- you don't have to tell me, you know, every little detail here, but so this was this was a drug offense. Is that why you were imprisoned? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got busted with five kilos of cocaine and Whoa. ninety-two thousand dollars. Oh my that God! Might be a lot. Yeah. You're having a good day, though, huh? Yeah, I was having a, a great day until some guys with fed on their jacket showed up. Changed the whole day. We'll do it quickly. <laughs> Turned around day. just like that. <laughs> <laughs> How did they find out you had it? Did one of your friends rat you out or something? Nah, it was it was a a sting operation on somebody else. It wasn't. Even, oh, they wasn't, oh. Even try, they wasn't even trying to bust us. They was trying to bust this other guy named Kevin, and they were Kevin's phone was tapped and everything was going on with Kevin. Then they just they called us like, oh, we got a two for one. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus. Bonus arrest. Ollie, bonus. Bonus round. Bonus round. Like, like, it was, like, it was crazy for them to know, to know all of us. 
and they and and it it happened because they tipped Kevin's phone, and I remember using his phone when I was at his uh, his office to call my at the time girlfriend. Her name was Pam. I had called her because she had paged me, and I had called her, and that's how they even got my voice and my name. Oh, sure. Because I was I was under the radar, all the way under the radar. Kevin was on the radar, and that's who they wanted. They and he just so happened to call us, and now we all on the radar at this particular time. Do you go and talk to youthful groups about this, about maybe avoiding that kind of deal? I do all the time. I, I thought you did, yeah. One. <clears throat> yeah, I have another one coming up in Connecticut where I'm going into the... And not only do I talk to the youth, I go back and I talk to guys incarcerated as well because Good. They, need the encu- <laughs> they need the encouragement as well because a lot of times... I never forget going to this drug program, and this is the thing that you do when you're in prison. You're trying to be a better person. You go to cognitive intervention class and try to think better. You go to behavior class and try to see if you have anything wrong with your behavior. So I'm in drug class, and this lady, <clears throat> she told me, you know something, that what's the problem? You're a bigger drug addict than me, and you don't even know it. I'm like, hey, ma'am, I've never used drugs a day in my life. And she's like, <laughs> she was like, no, I use it for the recreation of it. You use it for your livelihood. Hmm. Now, I can stop recreating. How are you going to stop your life? And I was like, wow, I never thought about it like that. That, you know, when, when she was out buying it, I was out selling it. You know, we, we connected at the hip when it comes to drug use. Yeah. I'm using it for one thing, she's using it for another. Right, right. And, and, I, and, and that resonated with me. How can I, what was I going to do to change my life? And I had to realize Hey man, you were you are an intelligent person. You just doing this because you was outside. You know, you have other talents, you have other things you can do. And I think sometimes people don't tap into those to those things until it's too late. I'm glad it wasn't too late for me because some of these guys who were incarcerated were very talented craftsmen in anything. I learned a lot being incarcerated. So if people take those skills that they learn or they have or they can hold and then they do something else, you know, versus doing something that's destructive and do something, you know, that's constructive. And that's what you have, that's what you have to do when you're in prison, especially if you if you're trying to rehabilitate yourself, because there's no rehabilitation there. You have to actually put it in your mind that you're gonna do it for yourself. And that's and then that's what you have to do when you in in a free society, you have to put in your mind that, hey, I'm going to work really, really hard and do something for myself, you know. And that's, that's a part of um, the mental health of people. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. I have a question. How do you go up against the culture of like South you know, Chicago where it's it seems like people are just born into the life and they just return to it over yeah, like and over again. If you again. don't deal drugs, you're lame. Yeah. I mean, well, 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 that's the thing about getting people who've actually been in those situations. Like, I would love to go to Chicago and, and talk to the youth because I, I explain things in a different way most of the time because I, I go straight to the source. And you can't kind of bull crap me around because I've been in the business. Right. And, I, and, I, and I try to figure out the way, like, anytime I'm talking to somebody, I figure out what is their actual weakness in their argument of why they do something. Oh, man, this is, this is just what I do. Okay, well, why? Well, because well, this, this is what this is the life. Well, well why? Still. Well, it, it, so you don't, it's nothing else that you can do. Like, and, like, this girl, I go back to this, this young girl who um, I came to talk to, JJAMP. And this girl, she was in the eighth grade, and she got busted selling pills at school. And and this is my rationale with her. I said, well, hey, I'm, I'm just, just for me, just, just make a deal, me and you. I said, if you give me four years of school, and then you give me four more years after that. Like, you graduate, you give me them four, then you give me four more years after that, and I guarantee you can sell all the pills that you want to sell. And nobody's going to bother you. And she was like, well, how is that going to happen? I said, you'll be a pharmacist. Yeah, there you go. And she was like, what? And she never thought of it like that. I said, just give me four years. of, of you Give me four from, from the eighth grade. Give me four years. And then give me four more years after that of school. And I guarantee you sell out of pills. And it resonated in her mind. Well, if I, I can do this same thing legally, if I just do this, and I don't have anything else to do at this point, you know, I'm, I'm already in school. I'm already, and and that's just how I talk to them because I don't I don't place myself above them. I place myself in the same position as them. You do know that I did this right, and and they're like, oh, okay, that's different. You do know that I didn't pull the gun on somebody. I didn't shot somebody. I didn't right. get shot. Like I'm not I'm not separating myself from this life. I'm telling you how to navigate and get out of this life because I was already in it. So I would love to be in Chicago. Works for me. Now, Ali, I know we only got about one minute left. I got to hear about the Domino Effect Part 2 released uh, via YouTube on Sunday, June 4th, so they can see it. Everybody can watch it. They can see it. How long is the special? It's an hour and 31 minutes. That's phenomenal. That takes a lot of writing. Man. It takes a lot of skill, a lot of homing of the craft to, in order to put the stories together in a very entertaining way What you know, people keep people's attention and, and keep them engulfed in the story. So that's what I, I try to do. That's what I definitely try to do. Ali, you got to get in town. You got to come into the studio and see the family, man. We're all here. Uh, our, well, Catherine's here. Her husband, me, is here. <laughs> Our son Andy's here. Our daughter Alex is here. The whole family's here because Ali Sadiq is here. That's why. <laughs> Thank y'all for having me. I can't wait to get back to the round table. Uh, I had a 
had a great time there. Well, I'll tell you what, Ollie, any day you're bored, please just pick up the phone and call because we love hearing your stories. You do a great job. Thank you. Thank you very much once again. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon, Ali. Ali Sadiq, ladies. Ooh, we got... That was just yeah, in time. They're going to yeah. hang up on me yeah, anyway. They were mm-hmm. going to hang up on you. What a great guy. I know. Yeah. Isn't he just wonderful? Yeah, last time he was here, though, I think we were in the Itasca building still. Yeah, we were. Oh. Might be a little disappointed. Well, <clears throat> we still have a round table. We still it's the I same think table. It's, it's the same no, round table. We yeah. weren't. Five years ago. Five, Five years, years ago. ago. In January 2018, though. In January, we still were. Were we? I don't yeah. Know. Although in January. We would have been in Florida, right? We weren't. I don't think because we were in that other building right near here. And then we moved into a thing here when I was really pregnant with Sage. We moved out of the Itasca building shortly after I met Melissa. And we met in uh, early 2018. That's how I know. Well, but you met in April, I thought. Yeah. So in January, we still would have been in the Itasca building. But But no, I was I met her right before I had Sage. What are you doing? What difference does it make? Because we're trying to figure it out. Because I met her before I had Sage, and I had him in June, and we were in this building, and we had been in another building before we were in this building. That doesn't sound right. Yeah, we were in the conference room of that other building. Oh, yeah, across the the, uh, parking lot. And then we we were were there a short period of time. Yeah, and then we were up. We were here first, top floor. And then we went over there. Then we went over there. Okay, okay. I know, we moved a a lot lot for like two years. And we were trying to find our home. Well, that's because somebody didn't pay the rent. If you remember that. Mom. Not us. No, no. We paid the rent, but <laughs> no, they the took our... The guy that owned the place wasn't paying his rent. Yeah, they took our money and never gave it to the building, so that was a yeah, real nice touch. Yeah, that was touch. really great. Thank cool, you for that. Cool, cool, mm-hmm. Nice job. Yeah. Oh, but I love his. I love his messaging. Um, I think that people like Ali, if he would... It, you know, the fact that he's talking to young people just is so important. Couldn't agree more. I, mean, I think it's just wonderful. The most important thing he can do. Well, how great is that that he remembers from almost five years ago, sitting with the family? And how that's very, very. He's although not a I hear drug that from user. a lot of people. That's why he remembers. <laughs> He's never done drugs. <laughs> He's not high all the time. But I guess it's so odd for an entire family to do a podcast together that that almost everybody remembers who we are. That's true. It is weird. It's very weird. <laughs> it probably is very weird to be doing that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, we'll admit there's, it. There's got to be a lot of very bland radio shows and podcasts out there that oh, you forget. I like I would bet 90% of them you just forget the second you're done with it because it's just like your standard yeah. oh so yeah. hey uh, what's it like being a comedian Ollie it's, yeah. you know it's just the same <coughs> crap over and over but yeah, we, have we tend and... to try to be less you know like that when well, we don't yeah. even need to try yeah. Yep. It's like Jude is memorable. It's not our thing. I'm Jude eating cottage cheese. <laughs> You're eating cottage cheese. You're in your fish tank. Yep, I got my producer's booth now. Andy's in his fish tank. Producer's <laughs> booth. Ooh. I look at him like mm-hmm. a fish now when yeah, we're on the podcast. He amuses me like a goldfish. Yep. I know then. I can just see Dad's eyes when he looks up yeah. now with all this stuff. I know. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, God. Are you okay over there? It was very crowded. I had, I fell asleep with Fawn at 8.30 last night, and then Sage woke up at, I think, 1-ish, and had to go to the bathroom, and wanted to know where I was, because he always checks in. And then I was just awake until 2.30 in the morning. I hate that. I was in my sleep 
I was deep asleep when he woke me up. Yep. And That's then the worst. I guess my brain was like, well, we've had a four hour nap, so yep. we're good to go now. Yeah. And then I was awake for about an hour and a half. And then I fell back asleep for about 15, 20 minutes. And then Sage woke up again. I was like, why are you in my bed? Because he had gone into our bed and then he was squishing me. So I left mm. oh, and was laying in his bed. And then I finally fell back asleep for like 20 minutes. And then he woke me up again. And then I went back into my Maybe bed. Maybe you should invest in like very <coughs> oh narrow God, little beds that only one person can Barracks? sleep in. Yeah. <laughs> no, so that's... They fall out and then they don't want to be in there. <gasps> that's... We had the toddler bed and I just ended up sleeping on his floor. So that's why we had a full bed. Ah. Well, now... N- last night was an anomaly. Last night's not normal. Usually, I just go to bed whenever I go to bed. And then Sage just crawls into our bed at some point quietly and then falls asleep oh. like it's usually not such a runaround last oh. night was just weird that's why i'm yawning over and over again i see yeah i don't know something about this what just dropped into the 70s from the yes. 90s yeah, yeah sure something about that i've been really headachy you know weather tired yeah, big and, weather changes yeah. seem to be i know just, you would think it wouldn't why does it matter? Well, especially since you're inside in a climate-controlled room anyway, so it's uh, like... that's true. Most of the Why time. would that outs- matter? But it does. It seems to. I'm outside all, most of the time in the summer. Uh, I've had the windows open the last couple of days. It's been so cool. Yeah, we had the windows open almost all day yesterday. Yeah, which, of course, helps my allergies a lot. Oh, so yeah, I know Fawn woke up this morning, and her th- she was like, I'm losing my voice. I I went to Costco and spent about $300. I bought every thing that they have for allergies. Why would you buy it from Costco? Because I want to see, because it's cheaper, way cheaper. But what if it doesn't work and now you have 17 bottles of it? You can take it back. Oh, okay. Costco takes things back. Huh, even open bottles? Not the opened ones. Like if you get three. Yeah, and the one bottle. It doesn't work. They'll take it back. Okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like with Amazon, you can't even buy band-aids and not open it then they won't take it back no we had something like that happen recently we got sent like the wrong thing and we were like okay can i just return this and they were like no just keep it we'll just give you half the value back it's like yeah why this just seems so i I don't know any med anything you know like medical as they say well yeah that makes sense yeah but if it's unopened like Dad, after he passed, I had, I don't know, 45 boxes of Preparation H because he <laughs> yeah. went through that. Sure did. <laughs> Pretty well, thank fast. Thank you for bringing that up. That's great. I mean, they were completely unopened. <clears throat> Why a, wouldn't you take that back? I have a hack for that. What? For Preparation H? Yes. <laughs> for hemorrhoids. <laughs> wow. Hemorrhoid no, I don't. No, I have a hack <laughs> for Amazon being like, no, we won't oh. take this back. Just go to a Whole Foods that has an Amazon drop-off thing. They have a computer that you just do it on yourself. You scan the barcode, you put it in a cellophane bag, and you drop it in a thing. And all they do is scan the code that it was sent back. It doesn't ask you, has this been opened? Has this been used? Mm. Nothing. Uh And then they send you their refund as soon as it's getting shipped on its merry way. Because they're probably throwing it away anyway. They are. I guarantee they are. Do do you have to start the refund at home, or do you just... No, she go said there. just do it at the... Oh, kiosk. just go to the... Oh, okay then. Yeah. I mean, you have to go on your Amazon thing and be like, I'd like to return this. And then you they ask for like a reason, but you don't actually have to give mm-hmm. one. You can just be, say, like no longer needed. Yeah, I've been noticing a lot of things lately where it's like if something breaks and I need a replacement, they'll just send you the replacement and yeah. tell you to destroy the old one. Yeah. 
so you can't like they they don't want you fixing it well, and reselling it's it or broken, something. It's broken, so it's destroyed already. <clears throat> well, but just like take it back and fix it. They don't. They can't they don't do that. They yeah no. Oh, they don't want to. They'd rather throw it away. I got. I ordered a bunch of swimsuits from Amazon last fall, and I'm a different size top than I am bottom. Yeah. And but Amazon, all of their what it's all it's, not, it's yeah. just smalls mm-hmm. and mediums and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm just going to. And one of my friends told me to do this. She's like, just keep the right side. Buy two. Buy the top that you need to have. Keep the top that you need to have and keep the bottom that you need to have. Send back the mismatched ones because they're probably just throwing it away. Yep. And I was like, well, that's sad. It is sad, but that's what they do. They throw everything away. And then I got my $40 back. They, they throw everything away? As no. far as I know. That's terrible. I don't know. Talk about a landfill crisis. Well, they sell so many units per day, it's not worth their time to try and fix things or, you know, get them where they're supposed to be. It's cheaper for them to just chuck it and keep on selling. Yeah, rather than put it back on their shelves and figure out where it goes. That takes time. I know, which I don't love that practice. Yeah, hyper consumer. Sounds like a but little budding <clears throat> business. You could go in and take their returns and dumpster yeah, dive behind Amazon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You could probably get like ten thousand dollars. Well, no, if it was if they probably. were if they're just going to throw it away, then you could contract for them to give it to you for free, and then. But that t- that costs money too, or take it takes time to put it all in a box and give it to you for free. Just yeah. throw it away. It well, they takes get, no time they get, at all. They get huge packages. They you just go in and take whatever it is since it's free. And then you sell it on eBay. Huh? I'm sure a lot huh? of people do do that. They do dumpster dive or find out where Amazon throws all this stuff oh, away. Oh, sure. Yeah. I guarantee you, people oh, yeah. know exactly where all these things are thrown. I know, because I'm like, I. But it is technically illegal to do that for some reason. Well, that's why you would have to. And you know what I've thought about contract. trying to do too? It's like doing the Whole Foods thing and say I got a swimsuit and I didn't want to keep whatever <laughs> instead of returning it. Because if it's. Not if it's normal, I think they do resell it because they have. I've got things that have clearly been returned before, okay. But I've thought about like keep the swimsuit and donate it so someone will use it. Well, and put a paper bag or something in the Amazon bag because they only care if the barcode's scanned because you get your refund as soon as they scan the barcode. So I'm, then they get it back in their facility and they throw away their paper bag. And <laughs> well, they're just going to, if people do that, then they're just going to stop taking returns. I don't know. I don't know if Without enough a people. Without pictures or a photo or something of the. I don't know if enough people would do that. Yeah, and then the uh, Amazon executives see. will tell you to stop driving cars because you're destroying the environment. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the other thing that gets me. Leonardo DiCaprio apparently <clears throat> just put out some video. Let me see. You can talk while I'm doing this. Oh, (laughs) You can talk while I'm doing this. He Um, does seem to be sort of the poster child of hypocrisy, doesn't he? He's the most self-righteous person you could find. Yeah. It seems that way. Yeah. Yeah, he's like a, he's a WWF, you know, he's a founder of the Leonardo DiCaprio Foundation, which is part of the World Wildlife Fund. He's a climate change activist. And this guy has a... 400 foot mega yacht that takes like 40 people 24 hours a day to man just to make sure it's ready. (laughs) Whose is this? Leonardo DiCaprio. He's flying across the country in private jets. Oh, yeah. He's got like six houses, which he keeps climate control just in case he needs to visit them. 
And then he yells at you, you know, for eating a steak. I know. And well, people fall for it, which is the worst part. It's like, you know, I can understand well, an actor being, you know, a, basically a narcissist, but I don't understand how people can hear these things and be like, yeah, that guy's got a point. I'm the one who should change. Because they want to believe it. And because they admire him because he's an actor. Because yeah. they saw about him celebrity in a movie. just makes them gods to a lot of people. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm, you're well, dating it, an 18-year-old. I don't trust anything you do. Well, it is actually a lot like if you read um, a lot of the accounts of what the gods did back in, like, you know, Roman times, Greek times, the Norse gods. It was basically like... They say you can't do any of this stuff, but they can because they're gods. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like they can do whatever they you. want. They can, yeah. It doesn't matter what that's... they do because they're gods. They're better than you, so don't question it. And it's basically the same way with celebrities. I know. Nobody, like I said, Nancy Pelosi used to take a huge airplane back and forth to San mm-hmm. Francisco. A 767. On they all gigantic yeah. airplane <clears throat> all, all to herself. Do. It's just like, Okay. Why can't you fly commercial? They're trying to claim the, uh, and I think it was Chuck Schumer. I don't know. And this is not an anti-left or right deal. I think it was Chuck Schumer who said that the uh, forest fires in Canada were caused by climate change, which is flat out. It was arsonists. It was arsonists. arsonists. Also, if you look at the number of yearly wildfires in Canada, it has gone down quite a bit. Exactly. It's gone down since the 90s. Well, Canada has a lot a people people area. don't hear about most wildfires. Ninety nine percent of wildfires you never hear about. There's hundreds and hundreds of them in Canada. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of them in California. You just don't hear about them until they are useful to sway public opinion. Don't well, you think we should do something about these people? Like whoever did say that, I think it, I think it was Chuck Schumer. But they all they're all saying it. They're That's pissing the off people and making them angry, and then we get people shot and stabbed and beaten every weekend because you people, you politicians, are pissing everybody off to the point they think they need to strike back. Well, I suspect that the people in Syracuse don't really care too much about the climate. I don't know. Syracuse? We shall see. Yeah, the. Dad was talking about yeah. the Syracuse brawl. Oh, the brawl. But I'm just saying, oh, I'm not talking, not that necessarily that it was climate. They're angered by these politicians somehow. Uh, CNN, Fox, and MSNBC, all they do is puke up hatred for one another. And you don't have to live in any of those cities to, to hear it. People get very, very pissed off, and they talk themselves into striking out, which I, I just really wish would stop. All right, that's going to do it, huh? Look at that. Look at the clock, man. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Ali Sadiq was a wonderful guest. And I a hope wonderful he gets to guest. Yes. I really hope he gets to town soon because he's such a good guy. And he's very honest about going to prison. For, God, how'd you like to go to prison from 19 to 25? That'd be great. Yes. What well, a thrill. Wild, well, smart guy for not going back to it. Yeah. You are correct. And we will talk to you tomorrow.